Welcome to week five of this series called Right Side Up. It has been said that Jesus came to flip things upside down with crazy ideas like die and you will live and be last and you'll be first and serve and you'll be great. But with all due respect, I disagree because I think if the world is going one way and Jesus is going another, that it's not our way that is right side up and his way that is upside down, but rather it's the way of Jesus that is right side up. That Jesus came to be salvation to a creation that sin inverted, that Jesus showed up as a light against the backdrop of darkness and freedom against the background of bondage. And he is the risen savior to a fallen world and his mission is a revolution and it's called the right side up kingdom of heaven. And it's not just there and then, it is here and now. And today we wanna talk about praying big in a play it small world that the upside down way of the world right now is to, is to shrink back and play it small with our gifts and pray small with our prayers, but that the kingdom of heaven, the right side up way is to pray big and to pray bold and to pray specific. And we have a God who wants nothing more than for all of his kids just to try and attempt to bother him and pester him with the amount that we talk to him. This is a, a, a biblical theme. It, it's the Hebrew word chutzpah. Somebody say chutzpah. It means shameless audacity. It means I couldn't, I couldn't annoy my heavenly father if I tried. I'm gonna bring anything and everything to him at every single moment of my life. And it's chutzpah prayers. It's big and bold prayers that have caused miracles to happen in this church and even in this room, and even in our short, our short story so far as Red Rocks Austin. There are so many things that have happened and I believe the only reason they have is because we asked for for it, that's it. But rather than me today tell you about it, I thought I would let me three years ago tell you about it. So with all that said, scoot in, take a seat, and watch this video. The outcome of prayer is not on you, it's not on me, that's on God. This is a uh, do what you can do, control what you can control. Do your best and let God do the rest. I'm not sure if there's certain seasons where like the ground is more fertile for prayers like seeds, but I feel in my heart that right now is that season. And that one day, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we will look back <laughs> and say, oh my gosh, evidence. Evidence is everywhere. Pray with me. God, we love you so much. Thank you for being an amazing father. Thank you for calling us your kids. Thank you for everything you've already done in this city. Thank you for everything you've done in our church. And thank you ahead of time, expectantly, for everything you're going to do over the next 20 years. And so right now, right here with Hootspah, in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, for global partnerships that allow us to reach and serve millions of people around the world. We pray for diversity of age and ethnicity in our church. We pray for the ability to open a God Behind Bars campus as soon as possible. We pray for divine relationships and influence in different political spheres 
to make Austin better and better so that one day if this church ever went away, our city would feel our absence. We pray for our kids in Kids Rock to grow up confidently believing that they are unconditionally loved. We pray that we would be forced to start a youth ministry because we have so many families with teenagers coming to our church. We pray for financial consistency to do more things and hire more people. We pray that we'd have the reputation of being home on the UT campus. And finally, and God, I am, I am serious. We pray that somebody at some point would give this family, our church, a building. <laughs> a place where we can meet and worship and welcome people home and make heaven more crowded for your fame and for your glory. We pray this with chutzpah and we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody at Red Rocks Austin said... Amen. Let's worship. Amen. Come on, 10 a.m. Let's, Let's go. go. That was three years ago. You guys are awake. I like that. Let's go. Three years ago, and some of those prayers at the time seemed so crazy, and already we have seen God do so much, so many answered prayers just sitting in these seats right now, ultimately the biggest answered prayer, uh, but we have seen global partnerships that we've been able to generously, through organizations, take the gospel to places it's never been before. And we have seen our church growing in diversity of ethnicity and of age. We've seen our church able to make an impact in this city and are weeks away from our God Behind Bars campus opening with 77 people who are gonna be serving on teams going into that prison and bringing the gospel and welcoming that whole family of ladies at the Murray Unit into this family. So many answered prayers. On Tuesday morning, Eric, during our staff meeting, was saying that over at Red Rocks Kids, he's running out of space and that we need more volunteers for all of these kids that God is bringing um, our way. And then on Wednesday evening, we had Red Rocks Youth upstairs that a whole bunch of you came and, and served at and volunteered at two answered prayers right there. Yeah, and then we, we prayed for the ability to hire more people. And I think we had five people on our staff at the time. And now, as of today, Mackenzie, our very first intern ever, is starting. So there's 12 of us on the staff. And then we were given the, this is a, a miracle story, if you know it. We talk about it all the time, but this building is a, a total God story that I believe we're here because we, we prayed for it. And uh, just to clarify, we don't own this space. This is sort of a temporary permanent home um, that sometime in the next few years we will be getting kicked out of. And so we're still echoing that same exact prayer. God, I pray Praise somebody Lord. would just give this church family a building, some real estate for the kingdom of heaven in Jesus' name. But this, this space, man, because our last, our, our previous, where we started the church, the gather location on North Lamar was amazing, but the parking lot, um, got taken away from us, and it was we were outgrowing it. All the problems that church planters pray they get to solve one day, we are so blessed to get to solve those problems, and uh, we're, we have humility about it. We're so grateful for it, but they are problems, and they're tough to solve, especially the space issues, and so we're still praying the exact same prayers, but it's so funny because we moved, our very first Sunday in this space, you guys, was March 1st of 2020, and it was a church's dream. I mean, things were coming alive. It was the snowball effect in action. There was momentum. The only thing cooler than March 1st was March 8th, the second Sunday in this, in this building. And then an asteroid hit the planet that following week, and then everything was just, it was just gone. <laughs> I think that 2020 was a perfect picture of the play it small, 
tendency that happens to us as human beings. Because you can have dreams and excitement and momentum, and then this world and this life is going to throw curveballs at you um, that you can't see coming, things that are going to just bring you to the point where we went from like, we're going to thrive and our church is going to actually happen to are we going to survive because we're in a global pandemic. And I think that you maybe live long enough um, it doesn't take very long on this earth to start to think like, you know what, maybe life just doesn't work out, and maybe I shouldn't dream anymore. Maybe it's irresponsible to, to think big and dream big and pray big, and um, that's the upside-down thing in all of us that we felt in 2020 where we're looking at each other going, why did, why did we do this? Like, is this a sign that this just shouldn't have happened? We planted a church in historically the worst possible time maybe ever, and now we just moved into this space, and it's completely empty, and we have no idea what the future is going to hold. And that, that kind of makes you think maybe it's safer in life to just shrink to play it small. Years ago, Doug and I ran a marathon that we did not train for. It was the worst day of our lives. Terrible idea. Terrible idea. <laughs> it's very bad for you, actually. Oh, yeah. Remember crossing the finish line? You'd think that would be like a great feeling. I was just angry. No. I've never been that close to nope. death in my entire Are life. You? To be fair, you couldn't have known that you should train for a marathon. Oh, man. Who does that? You know that feeling you get? uh, It's so painful when you haven't worked out in a while and then you do a leg day. Some of you are like, no, I've never never done that, so I don't know. Well, it's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. Yeah, you couldn't even go to class because there's too many staircases. I didn't go to class for a week. All my classes, we were in college. The classes were on the second level, and I was just like, well, I guess I can't go. So (laughs) that's that. Um, anyways, if somebody had come up to us right after we crossed the finish line and said, hey, congratulations, you ran a marathon, now we need you to run one more marathon, we would have said, no way. They're like, absolutely not. Give me a couple years, give Doug 12 years before he'll even run again, you know? Like, you can't run a marathon after a marathon. I haven't ran since. I learned my, uh... (laughs) I started following Jesus right after right, that. Right, right, right. It's actually, it's actually Proverbs 18.1. Look it up if you're looking for a reason to not do cardio. It says, only a fool runs when nobody oh, chases good. him. That's, that's good. in the Bible. So. Amen. Now, now you'll be like, hey, Doug, can you hurry him up? Hope, no. I will walk at my own pace. I too godly. I'm too godly there. to run. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, uh, Make your point, Ryan. Marathon after a marathon. Plane on this marathon metaphor. So for 14 months, we tried to build a church, and it felt like a marathon. And then March 2020 hit, and it felt all of a sudden like we were being asked to run another marathon after we just ran a marathon. Like all of the, the church leaders we were listening to were saying things like, you got to pivot, you got to change everything about church. And we're just looking at each other like, we don't have the strength left in us to do this again. We prayed big. We used to pray, uh, pray big. Maybe it's time for us just to take a step back and play it small. And um, I would imagine there are people in this room or watching online who know that feeling, feel like they're being asked to run a marathon after they already ran a marathon. Maybe it's a, a relationship that you want, but you, already, you just got out of one, or a job that you want, but the last one didn't go well. Whatever it is, um, this is a really common thing that happens in life, it's easy to get so exhausted that we start playing small. Yeah, even if your hope is in an infinite God and you're a follower of Jesus, to when you experience uh, trials and difficult seasons and resistance, you can kind of get prayer fatigue a little bit. Um, I, think, I think humanity has gotten its hopes down ever since 2020, that all of us are kind of afraid to get our hopes up 
and believe big again and pray big again just because things have been so challenging. But that sort of creates the, the, the moment that we find ourselves in right now of a, of a play it small world. I'm gonna shrink back with the gifts I've been given. I'm not gonna pray with the same kind of chutzpah and shameless audacity and boldness. Uh, my prayers, the, the boldness of my prayers don't match the bigness of my God anymore, you know? But there was some point, and it wasn't a mountaintop experience um, a few months later in 2020 where we kind of just realized, okay, you know, God is at work when we see him at work, but God is also working even when we can't see it. And prayers are like seeds and you sow them. And just because nothing has sprouted up yet doesn't mean a miracle isn't happening beneath the, the surface, that every seed has to die before it grows and God is still up to something. And even if this is not technically a reaping season in your life personally, that does not mean it's not a sowing season. Every day, every season for us is, God, you're gonna take these prayers and do something with it. I'm gonna be obedient and I'm gonna trust you with the outcome. And I'm just gonna, I mean, if the gates of hell won't prevail against the church, this season's not gonna prevail against the church. That God did not bring us all the way to Austin to have these 14 months of starting this and building this just for that to be how the book ends. That is not how this story is going to end and we've seen evidence of that since. Yeah, and all the cool things that we can cheer for that we prayed for years ago that are happening in our church now, I think if I were to sum up, how is this all happening through a pandemic? How did we survive as a year old church? It was the seeds of our prayer team that were prayed in this room when nobody else was. It was prayers that were prayed when we were in our valley, you know, the lowest, darkest valley. But we had kind of that summer of 2020 where we were trying to figure out what to do. And a couple of our prayer teamers, shout out to everybody who serves on our prayer yeah. team here, come on. Um, that said, hey, can we come in there and just pray? Can we just walk around this empty building and just pray that one day there'd be full services? And now there's too many of you for this service. There's not enough room at the 10 a.m. service and that was prayers that were prayed by our prayer team just walking in here when it was, it looked hopeless. You know, all the forecasting and all the things you'd hear were like, well, it's never gonna be the same. People will never go back to church. We'll never worship together again. And some faithful prayer teamers like woke us up again. And we're like, hey, that's, that's not actually gonna be the case because the church will always prevail and the church will always be a light in this city. And so we're gonna pray for it now. And we have the fruit of it because of those prayers. You yeah. gotta commit if you're gonna clap, left section. <laughs> that's, the that's the rule, that's the rule. Did anybody, did anybody remember Re60? It was the summer of 2020. It was like a 60-day yes. devotional. There we go. I mean, we did that. We, we, we fasted every Friday, prayer team people in this room, praying big prayers against starting online services and all of that. And it was, it was just seeds that got sown one after, one after the next and led to amazing things. But I also have heard it said, it's the process of prayer. So in other words, pursuing God in, in, in your answered prayers that you're seeking, that we have a God who answers prayers absolutely, but it's the process of prayer that will change you and grow you and do more for your substance and your character and your soul, it, way more than just having your prayers answered ever could. So we're praying for answered prayers, but man, that process of leaning in and praying through challenging seasons where you don't necessarily see God at work, when you pray through and you persevere, that is what transforms and changes us from the inside out. That's so good, man. I have been in a season the last two, two weeks. Is two weeks a season? I don't know. I've been in a, in a no. two-week time period. Somebody look up, how long does it have to be for it to be called a season? Let us know. Has to be three weeks. Okay. Well, next week I'll talk about this. Ethan, go ahead. 
Now, for the last two weeks, I have been stuck on a story in Mark chapter 10. Um, Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. It's a story about a guy who is blind named Bartimaeus, and he lives in Jericho. And Jesus comes walking through Jericho, and there is a whole crowd surrounding Jesus. And yet this guy hears that Jesus is coming, and he, he decides, I'm not just going to be one of the, the crowd. I'm actually going to go try to get Jesus' attention. And so he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Like so much so that everybody else in the crowd is like, hey, what are you doing? Like, be quiet. And he just cries out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it gets Jesus' attention. Because I think that our shameless audacity in prayer gets God's attention. Jesus goes, hey, hey, I want to talk to that guy. And they go, hey, he wants to talk to you. Let's go. And so it says he throws his cloak aside. And we don't have time to do a whole teaching. But sometimes um, when we're praying shameless audacity prayers for our future, God will ask us to leave some of our past behind to make some room for God to do something new in our lives. He throws his cloak aside. He runs up to Jesus, and Jesus asks the question that I have been asking myself um, for the last couple of weeks, and that is this. What do you want me to do in your life? Like, do you, right now, as you sit here, or as you watch online, do you have an answer to that question? If Jesus said, what do you want me to do in your life, what would you say? Because I think we always have like the big sweeping general like, well, I want to know my calling, I want to change the world, all of that. But specifically, do you have an answer to that question? This guy does. He says, I want to see. And Jesus goes, yeah, yeah, no problem. Your faith has made you well. Go on your way. And it says he goes on to to follow Jesus from there. And so I've been reading that story every morning in this season that I'm in for the last two weeks. (laughs) Being reminded um, that the fall is a time for harvest. That f- since the beginning of creation, fall has been a, a time to, to reap the things that you have been sowing all year. And so let's get after it in prayer and start saying, God, it's time. Um, I, I want to start praying some audacious prayers. Again, I want to pray big in this play at Small World. That's good. One of the questions I want to ask is, when it comes to praying big, why, why do you think we don't do that? And why should we pray more? I mean, I think we definitely, you know, kind of tend to shrink back in a lack of confidence and play it small with our God-given gifts. And we call it humility. It's actually false humility to play it small with the gifts that God has intrinsically woven into you. That playing small with your gifts help nobody ever. And praying small with your prayers help nobody ever. And I just believe that God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Because bold prayers kind of is evidence of us going, God, whatever it is, however big I'm praying here, you're bigger. (laughs) However big the mountain in my life is, you stand over it. However dark this storm is, you're brighter than it. Like you, you're bigger. Big prayers honor God, and in turn, God honors big and bold prayers. I don't remember who it was, but at some point, somebody gave the three of us a pep talk and almost like a Denzel Washington halftime speech, sat us down. And, uh, and he challenged us and said, you guys dream a dream and pray a prayer so big that only God can make it happen. That way, when, not if, but when it comes to pass, he will get all the glory and all the credit for it. And we're sitting in the middle of that right now. How many of the prayers that we see out in front of us are actually specific prayers? That's another part of praying big is being specific. I think so oftentimes we can 
one way we kind of shrink back, we try to give God an out because we don't want our hopes to be let down. And if I don't get them up, then they, they won't be let down. And so we either pray small or we pray super vague in ways where we go, oh, that was God answering, yeah, because my prayer was so vague that anything that happens, I can call an answer to that prayer. <laughs> but he loves you being specific because that gives God like a chance to flex and show off. It really, really does. We have a God, I mean, he, he, stopped the, he, he stopped the rotation of the earth to answer Joshua's prayer. He parted the Red Sea, like do we forget about that? He parted the Red Sea to answer Moses' prayer. Jesus prayed for and saw incredibly big and crazy things happen and before you say, okay, well that was Jesus, Jesus also said that we would pray for and see even greater and bigger things than what he saw. So does the boldness of your prayers match the bigness of your God or not? And to that point, I think we do forget that God did those things or else we say, well that's true for everybody else but not for me. And let's just call it what it is. Prayer is very mysterious. There's prayers I've prayed that have been answered and prayers I've prayed that have been not answered or haven't looked how I thought they should go, right? It's this mysterious thing. I think a lot of us, we don't pray big prayers because, like you said, we're afraid that it won't happen and then we look dumb. Mm -hmm. We're believing for something, getting excited about something. I also believe that we sometimes don't pray big prayers because we're afraid, what if it actually does get answered? Like, what if I put this big dream out to God and then all of a sudden... I have foster kids living in my home, right? Like, come on. That, that's how we felt about this church. It was like, oh, we prayed for this for years, but now we got to move our whole lives to Austin, Texas, a place that we don't know very well, and try to start a church. How do you do that? No, but Jesus didn't happen to write a manual. Right. We left it very vague, just like go tell people about me and baptize them. What do we do? Because how often we? Answered. Yeah, and how often we complain about prayers that have been answered totally. once they've been answered. Yeah. That's why, for real, like we're at the end of this, we're gonna read uh, one more short prayer to pray as a church that maybe three years from now we'll watch another video of today and look back and see evidence. But we really, we had to have a conversation between the three of us just a few days ago. Do we really want to pray this? <laughs> I said no, yeah. for the record. Uh, it was two to one. Because things get more complicated, the burden gets yeah. heavier, the calling, I mean, the calling gets is more of a blessing, but every blessing is also a burden at the same time. And so... Before you pray for it, remember that you have a God who loves to answer prayers. And so just take that into consideration. But for, I mean, we realize, you know what? No, I mean, we get, there is one life. It's like a mist here today and gone tomorrow and we're not gonna play it small or shrink back. We are, God, whatever story you wanna continue to write through this church, let's go. We don't want our prayers to be the limiting factor. We have an Ephesians 3.20 God. He's not the, the limiting factor in your life or in our church or in our country or in our world. It's us and I believe our, our faith, the measure of faith you have, it will be done to you. It's our faith and, and our prayers that limit God because through prayers, we actually have a say in, in history, which is crazy. That might sound arrogant to say, and not if it was his idea. God has given us a say in history. It's crazy. Yeah, and Jesus, I think he understands that prayer is intimidating to human beings. When he, in the Sermon on the Mount, starts talking about how do we pray, he points out to them, like, hey, you don't need to go make a show of this. Because at the time, the religious elites were the ones out praying and impressing everybody with their language and how they could say things and that they must be the ones that know God. And I think we can all feel that way. Like, I'm just some ordinary guy in Austin, Texas. Like, who am I to ask God for something big? Um, where Jesus goes, hey, you don't need to make a show of this. You don't need to have fancy language. You don't need to go from just talking conversationally to your friends to all of a sudden like, oh, let me pray. Gracious and loving. <laughs> Lord of hosts. 
and all of a sudden you're speaking like a different font or language <laughs> than, than you do. As if and All God, of a sudden you're William Shakespeare. God's like, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this side of you. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus just so plainly was like, hey, go talk to your father. Yeah. And so it's that simple, but it doesn't feel that way. It's going to be intimidating. I don't know the right things to say. Like, I haven't read Art of the Deal, so I don't know how to negotiate well enough right. with God. And we overcomplicated so much where Jesus laid it out very simply for us. He did. And if you're here going, I don't even know where to start. Let's two minutes real quick, uh, a structure for your next prayer this week. Jesus in Matthew 6 gives us um, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And um, you'll probably you, you probably recognize it as I pray it. Um, but I think it actually gives us a, a great guideline. He starts, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Jesus begins his prayer by looking to his Father, going, hey, I'm going to remind myself before anything else that God is in heaven, was here before us. All of these problems that we have going on was here first. He's got this. And then he goes, would your kingdom come? Would your will be done on earth? as it is in heaven. My prayer all the time is, God, in Austin, Texas, as it is in heaven. And so as you then turn to pray for your friends or your relationship or your job or whatever's going on, Lord, Lord, there is no striving in heaven. So would your kingdom come into this relationship the way that it is in heaven? There's no sickness in heaven. So would your kingdom come into, into my friend's uh, doctor visit the way that it is in heaven. And then, so, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Kingdom come. And then he, he prays for daily bread, which how often do you need to pray daily bread? That's it. Daily. I said this at, at the 8.30. Um, you, you can't just take all 30 showers on the first day of the month and then be like, oh, I think we're good. You know? Um, I think that there is an invitation to, to pray daily because, as Ethan said, it's a relationship. God, would you give me food to eat today? Some people uh, will pray that literally. For other people, it's, Lord, would you bring the relationships in my life and the community in my life? Would you provide a job for me? Um, I pray that my car that's in the shop uh, won't be a $1,000 tab when they call me today. You know, you know, hypothetically speaking, stuff like that. And then he ends it by saying, and, and turn or deliver us from evil, deliver us from temptation, as... You got it. Father in heaven, <laughs> kingdom come, give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts, as we forgive, as we forgive those praying for forgiveness, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We're, we're so, good at this. So, yeah, we're, we're, we know great. how to preach. Good it's stuff. fine. I, years ago, like when I was first uh, starting out as a pastor, I was at this conference for pastors, and the guy ended the whole thing by going, Ryan, would you come up here and lead us in the Lord's Prayer? And I was like two years into reading the Bible, so I, I was like, I think I know this. So I walk up on stage, and I go, you know what? Let's do it together. Our Father. <laughs> so I almost just did that again. So there you go. Father in heaven, uh, kingdom come, daily bread, Forgive us, lead us on to temptation. Easy. How about Ryan, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was great, man. Good job. Okay, the other question I want to ask, other than praying big, is praying 
with, with frequency and praying more. Why don't we pray more? Why should we pray more? Because the last thing that's effective, we've all been in prayer sermons probably where the preacher kind of does a drive-by guilting, like pray more, bam, 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 like you're, you're like guilt, 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 and it works for about an hour, and then you just, I think if all of us knew how much our prayers actually did and how much God actually heard them, we would pray a lot more than we do. Um, you know, I think if you wanna see crazy change in a city, just inspire and challenge people to pray more because prayer doesn't change God, but prayer changes us and prayer changes things. And I think more of history has been changed in prayer closets than political buildings, truly. Prayer, for whatever reason, God has given us a say in the universe. He's given us a say in our city. He doesn't want puppets. He wants participants. He wants partners to, to take this world somewhere and write whatever story that we're, we're seeing being written has to do with, I mean, I'll say it this way. James 4, 2 is you have not because you ask not. You do not have because you do not ask. That's not a trick verse. You don't need more context to understand the deeper meaning. I mean, it just... It's literal, it means what it says. You do not have because you do not ask. In other words, there are some things and crazy cool stories that have happened in this church and in your life, and the only reason is because you or somebody else prayed for it. And then on the flip side of that same coin, there's stuff that hasn't happened yet. And the only reason is because you haven't asked God yet. You haven't prayed for it yet. This is why he invites us with that shameless audacity sort of beckoning and invitation to come and just do our best attempt to bother him as if you ever could. We have a God who is, has, he is outside of time. He is unlimited in scope and resources and blessings in every way you could possibly fathom. And the Old Testament has stories of him appointing watchmen to just give him no rest all day and all night just to, he appoints people to bother him. He, he, Jesus just says, try to pester God. See if you can do it. Bring your stuff to him over. Pray about anything and everything. Just pray more. Jesus tells the parable of the persistent widow, and it's a story of this woman who could have easily just played small, but she just keeps asking, keeps asking. And I just take notes from that because I think for a lot of us, the reason maybe we don't pray big or we don't pray a lot, we don't go to God with a lot of things in our lives is because maybe we don't think that prayer actually matters. I also think it's because we don't think we actually matter. We don't know that our value is really there, that God would listen to us. Like in 2020, it kind of felt like, hey, God, I, I know you're swamped right now. I do have a couple things I'd like to bring to your attention. But it feels like there's no way that God can actually hear all this and that he actually is in this with me. I get a couple of people texting me at the same time, just throw my phone. Like, I can't keep up, let alone 8 billion people, you know, with issues and things going on. But when we find our identity, the way that Jesus was trying to show the people around him, of you're a child of God. You're not talking to some faraway God in the sky. You are talking to your father who loves you, who wants good for you, and you have the invitation to come to him with anything and everything, and he welcomes it and asks for it. That starts to change our posture of prayer from being like, I'll check in on every Sunday, or I don't want to bother God, or he's not going to actually hear me, to saying, no, you're my dad, so we're going to talk. I need to bring some stuff to the table here, and you told me you'd be in this, so I'm going to just persist. I'm going to continue to bother you because I've been told- Come on. That that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, that's so good. All right, let me ask you guys a couple questions each. I'll start with you. What does your prayer life look like in this season that you're in? Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe a literal season, though. 
Okay. I'm glad, you're, just getting, I'm glad you're getting roasted for once. <laughs> this is a nice change. This is how for Ethan me. feels wow. every day of his yeah, life. Yeah, it's horrible, horrible to be me. Okay. Yeah, and then what are you praying for? Yep. Yeah. Um, so I have a chair that is right by my bed, and I go to that chair before I go to my phone, before I go downstairs, before I work out, before I do anything else. I always go to that chair first. Um, I want to hear from God before I hear from the world. That's been a really important part of, of my rhythm. And I have been praying, um, God, I want to I see your heart for this church. So I, I want to know what you want to speak to us. I want to know what these series should be, these sermons should be, other stuff that I'm, I'm writing and, and working on. I want it to be from you, God. That's good. Love that. Do you want to ask me the same question? <laughs> or do you want a different question? Mm, same question. Okay. Um, I pray in my car because it's the only time that I'm alone. And, <laughs> and I love all the people in my life, but that's the only time it's just me. So, yeah, um, yeah and I, it's just kind of like talking conversationally. Um, I don't have fancy language. I just try to tell God, invite him into what's going on in my prayer right now. Um, the biggest thing or the thing that I bother him with the most, my wife's 20 weeks pregnant, and so praying for a healthy baby. Thank you, yeah. Um, which is a complicated thing to pray, and I found timidity in my prayers because my son was six weeks premature, so that was a scary start to his life, had a miscarriage last year. And I have found in myself almost this, like it's hard for me to like boldly pray sometimes because I don't want the pain to come back. I don't want disappointment. I don't want things that I've felt before. And it's, I know it's like beautiful that on the other side of that painful story, there's now a baby who's coming, but I know there's people sitting in this room who maybe have a story of something that that's not happened. There's not a, a beautiful end or a, a ribbon. Um, and all I can say to that is, you know, going through a miscarriage is one of those types of things. I think there's these in life where there's not really an answer for why. There's not really this like, well, because you can see God did this and this. It's just painful. And the, the beauty that came from praying through that time was that we invited God into it with us and found peace and comfort even when we didn't have answers. Um, and I think that there's a lot of us that we want the answer, of course, and maybe prayer is the comfort um, that you need, but it may not always give you the answer. But there's points in life where it's like, I don't know what else to do right now, but I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you into this, God. And, and there's beautiful stories that come from it and sometimes ones that we don't know um, the why of, but we know that he's there and he's near to us and that he has told us, hey, I'm here with you even in this moment where you can't understand me and what I'm doing. Yet. Amen. That's so good. Um, for me, I have to pray What now. about you, Doug? Oh, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Same question. <laughs> Same question. Um, I have to pray in the mornings now. Um, I, I tend to start my day in a way where I do the whole day with God or I don't and I just kind of know myself. It, a lot of it is knowing yourself. Mark 135 is Jesus got up, but when it was still dark, super early, and withdrew to a quiet place by himself to pray. And I, I used to hear that, that kind of got preached in a few messages I heard where the preacher was like, you, we all have to model Jesus, you gotta be up at 4.30, and I was like, well, no, Jesus was just into that. That was his thing. Um, that's not like a, command, uh, I mean, and by the way, this was before electricity, so they went to bed at 7.15 every night. <laughs> when the sun goes down, you go to bed. Uh, so he woke up then anyways. So what, what works for you, you gotta define your season so you can determine your rhythm. 
you're in a specific season, so are you, so am I. And right now, um, just in a season also where I tend to worry, by the way, when, you're, when, you're, when you, you feel anxiety, that's usually your soul giving a signal flare that it's time to start praying. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If you're anything like me, you just worry more and up your podcast intake and you call that prayer, but it's not. And I, but for real, you worrying more is not the same thing as you praying more. Just wanna challenge you in that. Bring this to God. And I, I usually, I'll get up early now and to be like Jesus. And um, I'll start the day working out in my garage because I kinda, I get a lot of that stuff out at the gym and then I'll sit in my backyard and um, I usually feel like things with me and the big man kind of just click, even if, if, if that's just for like five minutes. Um, and then I kind of find myself doing my day with him. Not like we're talking constantly, but we're just always, I feel like, checking in a little bit. In, in 15 second, non-religious, just very relational, no pressure on it kind of thing. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, but yeah, you I should lead us through these prayer cards. I love it. So it's time for us to pray big again in this play at Small World. You guys ready? There's uh, some cards on your seat. You've heard of playing cards before, but have you ever heard of praying cards? Man, we are good at this. So there are two of these on your seat. Um, I filled out mine this morning. During this, this next song, I wanna encourage you to write uh, your big prayer in this play at Small World on the first card. And I want you to write that and take it with you. Put it in your pocket and take it with you all week as a reminder to, to pray big. But then I also want you to write a, a second card, um, same thing on the second card, and then put it in the basket on your way out because as a staff, we wanna be praying for you this week. So we're gonna commit to, to praying over all of these cards. Write it twice. If you get a hand cramp, I'm sorry. Uh, and then put one of them in the basket and take one with you. Okay, that sounds good. Well, let's do this, you guys. I'm gonna, um, you guys can get out of here. Um, we have another prayer that we wrote. And like I said, maybe three years from now, we'll see another video um, in a, a new building that somebody just gave us, you know, where we will see all the evidence of, like I said, there's some things that have happened and the only reason is because somebody asked for it. My mom was in the front row at the 830 service right there. And I know there are things that have happened at this church and the only reason is because she has asked God for it over and over again. And the flip side of that is true. Some things haven't happened yet and the only reason is because no, none of us have prayed for it yet or we haven't prayed through yet. And so we're gonna continue just to sow seeds like prayers and trusting that God is up to something whether we see it or whether we don't. And so where two or more are gathered, heaven just seems to respond and fall in, a, in an extra kind of way. So that's what we have here. I wanna take advantage of it. I'm gonna pray this and my challenge to you is to, you don't have to pray this audibly with me, but listen, but let it echo from your spirit in your heart. So you're not just listening, but you are praying the same thing to God. So here we go. Jesus, we love you so much. We pray for continued diversity, multi-ethnic and multi-generational, a church that looks like heaven. We pray for more kids to experience the unconditional love of Jesus in the most formative years of their lives. We pray for unreached people around the world to be reached because of this church's generosity. We pray for impact in our city through our grit and our local partnerships. 
We pray for high school and middle school students to pioneer a booming youth ministry in Austin. We pray for a thriving special needs ministry to welcome home many more families. We pray for salvation and freedom for the amazing women at our God Behind Bars campus. We pray for thousands of salvations in the next 10 years and for heaven to continue to get way more crowded. And God, we also, while we have your attention, ask that somebody would give us a building as a permanent location of worship so we can continue to invite prodigals home, real estate for the kingdom of heaven. And we pray, last but not least, for a renewed passion, a continued renewed passion for our first love that is you, that we would see a church full of hearts on fire who love God and love people, who dream big and pray bigger. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Red Rocks, let's worship.